Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. A council on the future of education. Fire, frustration, and discord are burning in every city. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Council on the Future of Education radio show. My name is Rob Furman, and I am here today to talk to you a little bit about innovation in education. It's always a pretty uh, interesting topic and certainly one that um, is one that would give us a, a bit of an interesting shot here. And we are going to take one minute to see if we can help get our guest in line here. We have a guest today, and let's see if we can help him out to get him in here. Uh, Anyways, with that being said, again, welcome, and thank you so much for listening. This is a uh, call-in show, so if you want to call in and and be a part of the conversation. The number is 646-787-1813. That's 646-787-1813. Also, if you have an idea, a topic, something you want to discuss on our show, we're always taking guests. We are booked through April, uh, but we are starting to look into May and June. Uh, We're every Monday and Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you can feel free to shoot me a line, rob at robfurman, F-U-R-M-A-N, dot com, and I can uh, get you hooked up with uh, with our calendar, and if you have an interesting topic and you want to share it, that would be the place to do it. We'd have a great 30-minute conversation with you, and we can get things moving uh, in that direction. Also, the Council on the Future of Education, we are going to be hosting an informal meeting at ISTE, which is the International Society for Technology and Education, the end of June here in Chicago. Uh, listen up for more more interesting ideas coming from that. And also we have our annual, or I'm sorry, monthly Twitter chat that'll be coming up, I believe it's this, th- no, this, th- next Thursday, I think it is. I'll have to get that confirmed for you. Look on our website, www.edufuture.com. US, and you can check out there uh, the times for all of those different things. Uh, the gentleman that we will hopefully have uh, joining us here shortly is Dr. Sonny Magena. He's an award-winning educational futurist, best-selling author, a pioneering educational technology researcher. Uh, he's a highly sought-after leadership consultant, speaker, and an instructional coach with more than 30 years' experience helping educational systems around the world realize the power of transcendent learning. He's the author of numerous research studies and articles. His newest book, Disruptive Classroom Technologies, a Framework for Innovation in Education, was recently published through Corin Press to wide international acclaim. I've actually had a chance to read the book, and 
uh, give my interpretation of it. I'll tell you what, I couldn't agree more. It is really a, uh, a pretty fabulous read and definitely something that everyone needs to be hearing here um, right now. It's a it's, uh, fairly important topic. Um, he's also a tireless advocate for transcending the status quo, and I think that's why he and I get along so well. He founded and served as principal of Washington State's first cyber school in 1996. That's pretty cool. A groundbreaking blended learning program that continues to meet the needs of at-risk students in Washington. He's a recipient of the prestigious Milken Family Foundation National Educator Award, the governor's uh, let's see, Commendation for Educational Excellence. He's an avid musician, which I can't wait to talk to him about, being a fellow musician, a yoga practitioner, and a beekeeper. This dude apparently does it all. <laughs> it's a um, member young Henry McGride from Dr. Seuss. Sounds like that, right? He holds a Bachelor of Science degree from Stockton University, a Master of Education degree from City University, an Educational Administration endorsement, and a Doctorate in Educational Leadership from Seattle University. Uh, my friend and one heck of an educator, Dr. Sonny Magena, how you doing, buddy? Can you hear me okay? I'm very well. Thank you, Dr. Furman. Uh, very kind introduction. I'm honored to be on your show. Thank you very much for having me as a guest. Absolutely, my man. Hey, tell me a little bit about this book. I know I've had a chance to read it, but uh, let's talk about the whole idea of disruptive uh, classrooms and how that's something that's going to really – we need it. We need it now. We need it forever. Yeah, agreed. And thank you very much for your kind uh, review of the book. I, I really appreciate your, your kind comments about it. And uh, like you, I'm a musician. And so I, I think of things in terms of my own progress as a learner. And so when I, when I really think about how I learn the best, I think about how I teach myself music, you know, how I taught myself music, how I taught myself how to play guitar and jam and improvise and now I'm getting into jazz and all kinds of interesting chord voicings. And I think about what are the things that helped me progress beyond what I thought I could do, which is the nature of transformation, really. I mean, when we're transformed, we go beyond what we think we can do. And we often need some sort of outside influence, some disorienting dilemma to kind of shake us up. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That, that, that for me, when I, when I uh, think about disruption in education, I think about what disrupted me when I was just moving along as a, as a guitar player, uh, teaching myself to play the songs on the radio. I was, I was playing Beatles and uh, Rolling Stones and John Denver, you know, uh, Country Roads. Oh, yeah. It's such a great song. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I was playing on the campfire, singing Country Roads and uh, having a great time. And then I heard Eddie Van Halen. Oh, one of my favorites. I'm an 80s enough boy, said. so I grew up with Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Enough said. It totally disrupted how I thought about my musicianship. And Eddie uh, was on a radio show when I was a, a kid. I was 14 years old in Delaware Valley. And he said, listen, for all you kids that are out there wanting to be great guitarists, you're probably sitting around the campfire playing songs, doing the same thing you've always done, playing the same songs. And he said, if that's what you're doing. Yeah, great. Keep doing that. But if you want to get better, you got to go through another stage. And he called that the Chuck Berry stage of rock and roll. you got to learn to play like Chuck and play all those licks that really transformed rhythm and blues and soul and gospel into the music we now call rock and roll. And he said every great guitarist has got to go through that stage before you go through the next phase, which is when you're creating your own style of playing. You're innovating and you become your own musician. And that that's... He, that framework stayed with me 
all my life, and I've been thinking about my musicianship in terms of, okay, am I playing campfire-style songs, or am I starting, am I playing more like Chuck Berry, am I in this transformational phase, or am I doing my own thing and improvising and creating my own style of music? And that was the impetus behind my uh, little framework, my T3 framework for education. I want to disrupt how people think about technology, because frankly, what we're doing is we're still playing the same songs around the campfire, metaphorically speaking. Right. And we, we need a disruption, right? Yeah, that's, that, that's a fantastic way to look at it. Whenever I do my presentations, I always talk about sort of a, kind of going back to your campfire mantra. Um, I always say we, when people write about us, educators that have been at this for 20 years now, 30 years now, mm-hmm. um, they're going to look at us as sort of the, um, the wild west pioneers because <laughs> yeah. during our educational tenure, all of this technology stuff is pretty new. Um, yeah. And I find it interesting that we're the ones that have to sort of figure this whole mess out. Like I remember yeah. when technology <laughs> first hit the scene, we were required to find a way to use it. Now we're saying, yeah. ah, you shouldn't be required. You should use it when it's appropriate and things like that. Yeah. So um, I, I think it's interesting that we're hitting as an educational community, sort of the mm-hmm. pioneer blazing saddles. We had really no idea what we were doing. Now we're yeah. at the point now where we know what we're doing. So we got to get out of that rut that, that I think you're referring right. to get out of that rut of, okay, we made it out West now we're comfortable, but now what do we have to do to start being the next level? So that's really interesting. You said that, and I happen to love Van Halen. So I always like that conversation <laughs> as well. What, what, what does the, what does the part T3 stand for? Yeah, yeah that's a, a way uh, to help people think about the three different domains of the impact of technology use, not just technology use, but the actual impact, what the evidence says. So you're absolutely right. Uh, we were, in a way, pioneers. You know, for, the, for the 35 years we've been using technology, we've been asking the question, you know, let's add technology and see what happens. What happens when we add technology? So we learned a lot from errors of practice, and we've just added technology on top of our existing instructional practices, which is a, you know, a, a necessary first step, but it's a mistake to remain at that step. Just like learning the songs you're going to play around the campfire, if you want to get better, you have to realize that that was a step, and it's a springboard to something else. So the T3 framework stands for those three domains of impact, and the, the, they stand for translational technology use, transformational technology use, and transcendent. Translational, transformational, and transcendent. So l- let me explain those, those three domains a bit further, and then we can uh, 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 improvise and <laughs> jam on those sure. ideas. Uh, translational technology use is the predominant way that, that digital tools are used in schools and have been used for four decades. And that is we automate tasks, we use technology tools to help us do things more quickly, be more efficient, save time, reduce errors. There are two elements in that domain that I call automation, which I just described. And the second is consumption, where students and teachers use digital tools to consume knowledge and content information. Now, those two elements add value. The value is generally in terms of efficiency and accuracy and saving time. But the value in terms of student achievement is very, very low. In fact, a recent meta-analysis by uh, Professor John Hattie 
uh, in which uh, Hattie analyzed over 10,000 studies. It's, it is the definitive uh, meta-analysis on the impact of digital tools in education. And he said that the average impact is an effect size of 0.34. Now, if I put that on a, on a scale of 1 to 10, the average impact of technology has been stuck at 3 for 50 years. And I reckon it's because we've just been automating and consuming what I call translational technology, because what we're really just doing is translating those experiences from an analog realm to a digital realm. We're just translating. When you translate, the message remains the same. There's no substantive change in the message or the task or the person doing the task. You just change the modality from an analog to a digital environment. And that's one reason why... Yeah, let me pause you there for a second because um, I love I, I love the way you put that because it's also probably one of my biggest pet peeves is yeah. um, when you look at uh, the idea of the Xerox machine when you started off with yeah. the, uh, the blue you, know, you have a blue all over your fingers I forget what that thing was <laughs> called the roll roll machine <laughs> then you went to a Xerox yeah machine. no the mimeograph. The Mimeo. Mimeograph, that's it. Then you went to the Xerox machine. <laughs> then you went the to Mimeo. a printer. Yeah. yeah. Now, now you're now you're to the point where uh, teachers think that that they're not using a worksheet anymore if they throw that proverbial worksheet and put it on a smart board. Yeah, it's still yeah. the worksheet. You're still doing the right. same thing, just maybe up mm-hmm. on up with prettier colors, and uh, it drives me crazy. So I love that you're <laughs> preaching the same here. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, exactly. No, no, I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. It, it, what, we're, what essentially is happening is we're playing country roads over and over and over. And now we're just adding an electric guitar to it. I mean, this, the metaphor is the same. We're just changing from an analog to a digital. Now, that adds value, but it's limited. And the value is, is not necessarily transposed onto student achievement. And the research bears that up really clearly. The trouble is that people have been confounding the term translational and transformational. And that's dangerous because uh, folks have been seeing what I define as translational technologies and confusing that with transformational. And they're not the same. In fact, they're they're worlds apart. So let me go to the next domain of transformational technologies. Here's how I define the impact of transformational technologies. It's when that use has a substantive impact on the person doing the task and the task itself. In other words, the students, that's primarily we're talking about a student-centered use of technology now when we go from translational to transformational. The student is substantively changed. They now have deeper understanding. They're able to connect their past learning. They're able to represent their knowledge, represent and express what they know, what they can do, and how they think. And in the process, they have achieved a level of mastery of the content in such a way that is culturally and age relevant, uh, uh, responsive. It's responsive to the child. In other words, the child chooses how to represent what he or she knows, how he or she has come to know it, and the thinking pathway that um, the child has followed to create that representation. So Professor Hattie talks about visible learning, which is just, I think, the the greatest uh, model for learning because it, 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 it synthesizes the highest quality research in education that exists today. Making thinking visible is critically important, but what's even more important is making learning and thinking visible from the, t- from the student to the teacher, 
from the student to other students and from the student to his or herself. That, that creates a feedback loop, a rich feedback loop where the students now have representations of what they know. And that I call there's two elements in transformation. I call production and contribution. So students are producing okay. representations of what they know, and then yeah. they contribute. They engage in conversations and digital recorded um, dialogues that they can review over and over and look at and, and, and consider the thinking that led them to that particular point. That's, that's remarkable that we can do that with digital tools. And the strategies in the transformational domain have an effect size that was observed by Marzano to be 1.6, which is enormous, yeah. enormous. If I, if I use that scale of 1 to 10, remember that the, the average use of technology is a 3 out of 10. The strategies in the transformational domain are a 16 out of 10. It's like wow. taking your amp and going going up to sixteen. <laughs> yep. Not just eleven. Go to sixteen. You gotta say at least at least eleven in the world of Spinal Tap. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for recognizing that reference. So let's oh, so let me stop there and say, yeah. What do you think about that? Let's let's, let's chew on that for a bit. Yeah, um, I think it's fantastic. But I got to take a quick break. Uh, let me let me give you a one minute here. We're gonna do our quick peer, uh, public service announcement. And uh, we're going to be right back here with Dr. Sonny here in just a moment. Uh, you okay to hold on for a moment? Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Dr. Sonny. Give us, give us one minute for our uh, public service announcement. Spot title is Believe. Client is the Save the Children Foundation. Spot length is 30 seconds. Agency is Maud and Robotic Raptor. I believe in you. Just four simple words. But to a child in need, they mean the world. When you become a child sponsor with Save the Children, you're saying, I believe in you. You're worthy of good nutrition, quality health care, and education. I believe in you. Just four simple words that can bring hope, that can change a life. Because when you believe in a child, you empower them to believe in themselves. Visit sponsor.savethechildren.org today and tell a child in need, I believe in you. Childhood hunger is a silent epidemic. One in five school children do not have enough to eat. School lunch programs help feed these kids. But when the school bell rings on Friday, many of these children have nothing to eat. Blessings in a Backpack provides two entrees, two breakfasts, and two snacks for children who would otherwise have no food and no hope. Go to blessingsinabackpack.org. All right, we're back with the Council on the Future of Education radio show. We're talking about the T3 Innovation in Education with Dr. Sonny. Uh, I've read the book. It's a fabulous book. Uh, I'm not one to promote, to promote things on this or any of my uh, shows or podcasts, but uh, this is definitely one of those books worth reading, uh, mainly because I agree with it. <laughs> if I didn't agree with it, then I wouldn't be into it. But I agree with it. So I think it's definitely a book worth reading because uh, – as those of you that listen to me and listen to my podcast know, um, I am definitely one that thinks we need a, a major shift and a major change in education. And I think Dr. Sonny just really lays it out nice and clear and uh, concise with, with his book. Um, we've got about 10 minutes left, Dr. Sonny. Can you give us that third, that third element? I think the third element was transcendence, right, if I'm not mistaken? Yes. Um, yeah, can yeah, you give yeah. us a little, a, little, a little touch of that one before I don't want to run out of time and hear that third one either? 
No, absolutely. Uh, you know, the the transformational uh, domain is the second domain, and and that really helps students master current learning. But the purpose of education, arguably, is to help students gain the skills and capacities to master current learning, but also prepare them for future learning. And that's what makes education so great: is that we are choreographers to help orchestrate the future by preparing students to masterfully address both current learning problems and future learning problems, even though we have no idea what those future learning problems might look like. So I've taken a really long view, you know, for the next hundred years or more, what are the skills and aptitudes and habits that kids will need? And I call that transcendent technology use, because in addition to having a substantive change on the student doing the task and the task itself, these are technology use um, experiences that help students engage in two critical elements, inquiry design and social entrepreneurship. Those are the two elements in the transcendent technology use domain. And inquiry design is exactly what it sounds like when a child investigates a wicked problem that matters to him or her. And we can have kids create solutions to those wicked problems and generate uh, both social capital and value by brainstorming, hypothesizing more robust solutions in an iterative fashion to those wicked problems that matter to them. So when kids do that, they, they realize their passion and their purpose for learning isn't just learning to pass a test or to engage in some compliance activity, but they're learning in order to be able to make the world a better place to improve their world by investigating a wicked problem that matters, um, hypothesizing solutions, generating digital-based platforms, tools, solutions, public service uh, uh, experiences that raise awareness of the problem, and generate more and more robust solutions to those problems that matter. But these aren't new strategies. Now, these are really ancient strategies, and anyone that's done a master's degree or a capstone project or a doctoral thesis is told you're going to make a significant contribution to the knowledge base. My question for educators is, why do we wait so long? <laughs> Isn't that the truth, right? Wow. Right. Good, excellent so point. Long? Why are we waiting so long? Because uh, here's the thing, and um, for those of you that, that are listening, you know, one thing that I always like to sort of put, put my brain into uh, a reality check is, uh, when we're talking about problems of the future, there's nothing that we can even begin to imagine what those problems are going to be. Little, little did we think probably five, ten years ago that a problem that, that we have here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, are the fact that we have to share the road now with autonomous cars because we have the Uber um, autonomous cars. You know, never would we have thought of that. The, the other interesting thing is seniors, our senior class this year, when they were in my building in kindergarten, there was no iPad yet. There was no net, Netflix streaming yet. There was no Chrome browser yet. And that's just when the kids that I had in elementary school are now in high school. Think about the kids that I have now yeah. in elementary school. What are we going to see right. different in just, in just a short decade? I mean, the kids right. have to be prepared to be able to challenge themselves to fix these problems that those of us that are a little older would just right. never even fathom of thinking of. Yeah, that's it, precisely right, Dr. Furman. And in fact, I think when kids pr get practice, they get enough guided practice with the scaffolds of teachers, 
um, uh, caring adults in their lives, their colleagues, their principals, when they get enough practice at identifying problems that are ill-structured, that are not well-defined, that sets them up to be able to see problem spaces not as areas of worry, but areas of opportunity. And that's the hallmark of innovators. Innovators see problems as opportunities to make the world better. So when kids start engaging in inquiry design in kindergarten now, in the, the 12 years that they'll be in public education, when they leave public education 12 years from now, they'll be so much better versed at solving problems. They'll have an inquiry design literacy and a social entrepreneurship literacy. And those are literacies that I think are essential for life and success in the third millennium. Oh, without a doubt. I, I could not agree more. It sounds like we're, uh, we're, we're, we're two heads. And that's the, I think that's why I enjoyed <laughs> reading your book so much and everything else. Thank you. Because uh, I, I, could not, I could not agree uh, more. And, and with that being said, um, you know, I find it interesting when we look at um, sort of where our society is now with uh, some of the politics and interesting things that are going on in our society today. And then I look back and I think of how we educated those, those young adults and adults that are dealing with these uh, political issues now. And that was very much during the time of uh, No Child Left Behind where we started, um, you know, only teaching based on multiple choice answers and uh, you had five questions and one of them had five answers and one of them had to be the right answer and all of that <laughs> silliness, um, you know, and we're sort of feeling some of the repercussions of that. Now we need to be able to think ahead of the game a little bit, folks. Uh, those of you that are listening, we, uh, and I, and I, and I know that Dr. Sonny is a futurist. I, I am too. We're both educational futurists. Um, and by the way, if you're interested in looking into that more, check out the World Future Society. Uh, it's one of the memberships that I'm with, and obviously the council at edufuture.us. But, you know, one of the things that, that, that we as futurists do is try to look 25 years at least uh, into the future. And, and, and part of that is being able to prepare our kids now for that future because – those, those people that maybe um, aren't too concerned about the future for their children or don't have children and just want to be concerned about the time they're here on this planet, you know, they're not, you're not doing us any, any justice because at the end of the day, the kids that we have now, the education we're giving these kids now are going to be what makes or breaks this planet in the very near future. So we've got to start taking this stuff seriously, folks. We've got to start looking at our educational system and saying, what can we do for these kids now so that whenever they're adults, they're going to help this planet become a better place. Uh, Dr. Sonny, we have like two minutes left. Give us a good wrap-up. Make sure you also tell us where we can get this Mm -hmm. book and how to get contact with you. Yeah, gladly. Thank you very much. Here's the, the thing is that we need to start now. And uh, folks need to have a first step. So at my website, which is maganyaeducation.com, M-A-G-A-N-A, education.com, that's a platform to share 
uh, tools, resources, ideas, and um, activities to help whole systems move forward. So I'm working with a company called Participate to create some online courses for teachers to get micro-credentialing and badging uh, to demonstrate, to certify, and celebrate their mastery with each of the domains in my T3 framework. I'm also developing a certification process to certify and celebrate whole school system movement. So schools can be certified as a T1 innovation school, a T2 school of innovation, or a T3 school of innovation by having foundational work, deepening that work, implementing the strategies, evaluating the impact, and creating case studies and research artifacts, evidence, to help others move along that same process. It starts with the, a thousand a mile journey starts with the first step. And the first step is to familiarize oneself with the research behind the innovation uh, framework, the T3 framework, and then incrementally make steps to move forward. And I'm privileged to work with so many schools that are doing this work uh, and uh, are seeing tremendous gains in student achievement and readiness for their future. Fantastic. Uh, Dr. Sani, tell us uh, how to find you on social media. On social media, I'm on Twitter, at Sunny Magania, uh, and you can find me also on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Magania Education. I'm also on LinkedIn, and um, uh, of course on my website on MaganiEducation.com, where I'm a guest blogger. Uh, I've got uh, links to my blogs on Ed Circuit and uh, Mind Rocket Media, um, uh, so I'm, I'm readily available. Excellent. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much, Dr. Sonny, for uh, hanging out with us today. Uh, for those of you that are, that are listening, please make sure you check out his book, Disruptive Classroom Technologies, A Framework for Innovation in Education. It's a fabulous book, um, well, well worth a read. Dr. Sonny, thank you so much. If you need to get a hold of me, at Dr. Furman's on Twitter, Rob at Furman R or Rob at Rob Furman. Dot com is my email address. This is the Council on the Future of Education saying thank you for listening. The Council on the Future of Education. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.